0: Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers, and me, Kami Nuttall, Founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all so hello everyone welcome to our final podcast of 2023 I'm delighted that Roger's joining me for this conversation and we're just going to review the year and look at what we covered in our podcast remind you refresh some of the content but also have a general look at the year which has been a year of highs and lows and quite tough for many people so we're going to have a conversation about that so let, let's start by just looking at what we covered in our podcast and really thrilled that we had some amazing guests and covered some deep topics. If you remember way back at the beginning of the year, we looked at how to bring balance to social justice, how um, Marie joined us and we had a conversation about structural violence in the workplace. Um, This amazing woman who goes into prisons and sorts out, the tensions and helps people just to experience being heard so that they can be themselves, so that actually you reduce violence through kindness and understanding. Then we had an amazing conversation with the brilliant Neil Crofts from Holo's Change about the importance of authenticity. And um, those of you who follow us regularly will know that that's one of our core values, something that's really important. Uh, to us in and in uh, encouraging people in the work we do with them is that, you know, if you're going to have diversity work, if you're going to create an inclusive environment, everybody's got to have the opportunity to be themselves at work. Uh, We were then joined by Tammy Banks. Tammy's story about how she went from being homeless in King's Cross to running one of the most wonderful facilitation companies in the country. She does some really great work with people who are really having very tough times. And I was so thrilled to join Tammy at her National Facilitator Awards and sponsor their DEI category and meet some of the fantastic facilitators she has working for their organisation. I felt particularly honoured <clears throat> also that Anil Soni joined us if you remember Anil is the CEO of the World Health Organization Foundation and how he was sharing his vision for a world in which everybody has equal access to good health care and the work he's doing to fundraise for the World Health Organization in order to make that possible can you imagine a world where health care was just available on tap and and no matter how much money you have or you didn't have or where in the world you are, um, that you can you can get well because you have access to those those medicines and those treatments that you need. And then um, in season four of our podcast, we wrapped up with a conversation with Sheetal Kumar, who shared with us about the impact of digital privilege and what she's doing with the United Nations to try and um, Ensure a balance in digital privilege for everybody, so that was um, that was season four, and then season five was really about breaking the wheel of power and privilege in organizations and We looked at a number of different things we looked with Rina Anand at ableism privilege and neurodivergence and we were lucky to be joined by roger for that uh, it was a three-part episode we looked at what is neurodivergence because not a lot is known about it and rena's one of the world experts in that subject both from her personal experience and the work she does um we were really inspired to chat with her about what's possible when you get it right and what we can all do to balance ableist power and privilege as individuals through the systems we work with and structurally. Then you had a couple of conversations with Gracie and me where we were looking at different kinds of privilege that don't often get talked about, like citizenship privilege and language privilege and the impact that has. And, um, Then we went on to look more at sectors. So we looked at privilege in the arts, where I was uh, fortunate to be interviewed by Hannah Curran Troop of City University about the impact of privilege in arts and how some of the clients we've been working with have broken that wheel of power and privilege to enable equity and inclusion. And the final speaker we had this year was the amazing Flo Williams, who plays rugby for the Saracens and for Wales as an international. And she was kind enough to share with us her her life story, how she got into the sport and what she's doing now, how we can all be allies in sport to encourage equity in sport and how Flo is actively breaking the wheel of power and privilege in sport. And some of you may know that Flo is Roger's daughter. And that's a really great link for me to ask Roger. Hey, what do you, what do you reckon? What do you think about what we've covered this year?
1: Um, well, what an amazing set um, of podcasts um, and stories to, 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 that, that really have helped to overcome some of the things that have happened in the year, because, you know, the the, the way in which real life has been going on this year has been, I, 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 I think, uh, I just use this to say that we've been scraping the barrel this year, we've, yeah. we've kind of hit, as as society, a little bit of an all time low, um, in terms of the way in which a lot of people talk to each other, talk about each other, talk with each other, um, the way in which we're moving forward with a lot on a lot of cultural issues in the country at the moment, the vestige impact of other decisions that we've made recently, the the back the backlash from COVID and all this other stuff—it all seems to have seems to have raised its, surfe- uh, its head in 2023. So those the podcasts were, and I recommend this to anybody who's who's actually totally frustrated and sick of hearing all the negatives. Um, that are in the press on a daily basis to listen to the podcast because there's such joy and really great ideas and massive concepts coming out of those um, out of those podcasts that f- are feeding me with a lot of hope. Um, and I think that uh, where you might reflect on 2023 as being very much a turning point that people won't be able to quite put their finger on. They won't be able to say, why was it a turning point? But it's it, is a, it, it's, it, it feels to me like a large turning point where a lot of the debates have come to a head and that people are now going to move forward with a far more positive perspective, whether that's to do with diversity, whether that's to do with immigration, whether that's to do with energy and uh, sustainable futures, whether that's to do with equality, All of these things, we seem to be maturing Mm. our conversation and we seem to be, and from the inspiring people that you've had in conversation this year, we're getting lots of clues as to what that positive future can look like, which which is just breathtaking.
0: I think it's really interesting what you say about 2023, Roger, because, you know, when we do transformational work in our projects, something has to come to a crunch um, in order to open up opportunity.
1: I think we've seen that crunch. I think we've seen that crunch. And I think that crunch has affected so many people yeah. uh, in the UK this year, whether that's, I, I, I think, and I'm not trying to push a, a kind of an anti-governmental agenda, I, I'm talking about this from, a, from the widest possible yeah. sense of the word yeah. that people have been disaffected or poorly affected or impacted by bad decisions on all political sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it, it is. It's We it's almost like we need a different political system, but we're not going there in this conversation.
1: We're not going to do. <laughs> no, no, we'll keep away from that. Yeah. So
0: what do you see in 2024, Roger?
1: So I I, I think um, I, I'm going to make I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that when when you had a year like 2023, 2024, the thing is when you look back, you always go, oh gosh, it's not as good as it was last year, or things are getting worse. I don't think things can get much worse. I think things can now only get better. Uh, to quote a um, certain pop song that was used at a turning point in about 20 years ago but um the, i think that there's there's a lot of potential for things to get better and, and the reason why i say that is because we're given clues by all of the people that were interviewed yeah. uh, as to how they're approaching the challenges that they face yeah uh, uh rena's presentation on neurodiversity basically giving you massive clues as to how embracing neurodiversity within your organization leads to factors like less burnout, higher productivity, less demand uh, for core support uh, of people, uh, and, and incredible amounts of loyalty. I mean, mm-hmm. when with, with organizations running around screaming, saying, Where, where are we going to get this talent from? Where are we going to get the, this capability from? We just haven't got the people to do the things that we need to do. This is, here's a good, great clue. It be inclusive to people's particular issues and challenges and that generates productivity and loyalty. Wow. Wow! Who knew? Who knew <laughs> um, uh, that, that in terms of citizen privilege, when you talked about your particular story, as well as um, other examples from Gracie around freedom to travel, for instance, mm. and, and how, how we're so privileged in Britain with a yeah. British passport whatever color it is yeah not the color of the passport yeah it's it's the it's the relationship that britain has with the rest of the world yeah and that's very valuable relationship and we don't want anybody to to mess that up because that gives us the ability to travel and meet and influence and have people come here as well that's right and make changes
0: that's right and what um so that applies to a lot of um, I guess, wealthy countries with, you know, cl- so, you know, America has the same benefits. Funnily, Russia has the same benefits. You know, there are certain countries in the world that where if you have that passport, you can easily travel. Um, what, um, what I took away from that conversation and the research we did for that episode, Roger, is... You know, it's all very well saying people shouldn't be illegal immigrants and come on small boats. But what we found when we did the research is there's no other mechanism for those people to apply to come to this country.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, so so then...
1: By definition, the people on the boats, you could extrapolate that to say that people are, the, the illegal immigrants are defined by our foreign policy. Yeah. Basically, if we, if we would accept someone to come to apply for citizenship, if there was a mechanism or process to apply for citizenship in the UK and you could get on a, and you could make that application and then get on a plane and travel here, then that would yeah. reduce illegal yeah. immigration. I look at the book, I look at the immigration numbers, and I say, because everybody's very... The the press has been very confused about the difference between immigrants and illegal immigrants.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the, who's are you defined? Is does desperation define you as illegal?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and when you have a massive shortage of particular skill sets, when you have. A demand for thousands of people to take on roles in the care system, in, in yeah. other infrastructural roles, etc. Look at look at this as an opportunity. Yeah. To 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 welcome people who take on those roles, right. and and therefore we can move forward with mm-hmm. positive immigration policies rather than negative right. immigration policies. That's right. I mean, because most the, yeah.
0: Most of those people have great skills that they're bringing there. They're not, you know, they're they're like doctors and and engineers. That's, that's, ex- and
1: that's exactly right. But there's, there's the additional thing of of the emotional commitment that you get yes. when you when you accept someone who's coming, who's trying to escape yes. a, a past, and is looking is looking forward to a future. Yeah. What what one of the articles that I read this year, which really did make an impact on me. It talks, uh, and it's from a book by Michael Basker called Human Frontiers. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what it describes is that, is that when people migrate from a Central African uh, country mm-hmm. into, in, towards Britain, yeah. they're, they're actually traveling in a time machine from the Middle Ages to the 21st century. Yes. It, it's, that, that, Different. The fundamental difference is almost like time travel. Yeah. It's not just, you know, Why can't you be a doctor in your own environment, or why can't you? Why can't you be a builder, or it, it's a, it, it, that environment does not exist in the places that they wow. come from, right? Uh, and that, therefore, it's it's not. It's like a several hundred years away from it, not several hundred miles away from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, this then goes back to um, what was one of the principles of 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 fair society is that the way in which we supported other countries through foreign direct investment and foreign aid is because we we've made help bring them towards the twenty first century, and and then what happens? Demand yeah. goes away. People, you know, why would people get? What be just motivated to get up and leave all the people they know and all the friends that they've got mm. and all the relationships, etc., to go on their own halfway around the world and risk their lives if that if that the, the situation wasn't enabled a little better for for, yeah. for the for the for their starting country. Mm. So there's a there's a lot of things to look at. And there's a, I think there's a lot of ways in which we're going to start to sh- see that. The politics of hate that we've had, and mm. the diverse the the, the the anger
0: that people have shown towards one another yeah. in
1: 2023, I think um, I think it's time to call time on I on that. I think so. I think so. Forward.
0: I think so. And I was watching the um, Christmas speech by Stephen Fry, the alternative Christmas talk. I- Okay, yes. I've
1: missed it, so I will definitely get... Yeah, get,
0: and, and yeah. you know, I didn't know he's Jewish, and he he didn't... It's interesting, until all this trouble flared up um, between Israel and Gaza, most people who were Israelis didn't really think too much about it. or well, sorry, of Jewish heritage, didn't think too much about it. And he was sharing about how he didn't think too much about his Jewish heritage, but he's 52% Ashkenazi Jewish. And um, and so for some reason, some right-wing group, some British right-wing group, has him as a target.
1: Oh, great, yeah. You know? Yeah. And,
0: and that, that needs to stop because you know we're all human beings and and he was equally talking about um anti-semitism and islamophobia and whatever other minority group you might belong to were his words you know it's really time for for that to stop because we're we're 80 percent human and similar and we may have 20 percent differences but we should we should Celebrate those differences and make the most out of out of it, and um, use it to enrich our society. But know that for eighty percent of us, we we function the same way. Yeah, um, ex- exactly. And people
1: who want to make the most of differences their time's up okay because it's it's not them making the most of the differences, making a
0: positive making a negative out of the differences you um, talk. I
1: mean, about as in making negatives out of differences yeah, yeah. versus celebrating similarities yeah. and making something positive about the things that we have in common yeah and making making things positive uh, ab- about how we all want to go forward because the other the other thing that diversity particularly when you look from, look at the world from so many different people's lived experience. Mm. If you start, if it doesn't matter what you're doing in industry, whether you're whether you're running the railway system, developing drugs for the future, running the system of education, running healthcare, whatever, is that none of those? No industry, retail, does heavy industry mm. chemicals. No industry does not benefit from. The inclusion of diverse perspectives.
0: Yeah, it, it's it really essential.
1: Can only ever benefit from a yeah. more inclusive approach. Yeah, and it, it is absolutely impossible to say that it goes better when it's polarized around a particular exactly. type of person or a particular set of ideas. Exactly. Uh, you and I worked in change management for years and years and years and years. Yeah we know that we we've seen
0: businesses where the leader says i want it to do this mm. we know that the change
1: doesn't happen until the people engage yeah. with it and want that exactly. want that change to happen and that requires a, the ability to absorb different perspectives different yeah. viewpoints
0: yeah.
1: and even to encourage it mm. because then you see the world more accurately. You yeah. make decisions more accurately. Yeah, yeah I'm, um,
0: I'm, I'm a strong believer that difference is to be celebrated and, and um, engaged with because you get more innovation, you get more creativity, you get products and services that match what our customer bases need like that, right?
1: And then, and then we become used to behaving in that way, right? Yeah. We become used to being inclusive. Yeah. You know, at the beginning, yeah, we have to force the issue. We have to be anti-racist rather than not racist. Yeah. It ha- you have to push harder uh, yeah. to to make uh, understand other people's religions, to uh, to, yeah. uh, to talk about equality. Mm. LGBTQ, mm. all just ve- develop that understanding and develop mm. that. Yeah. And,
0: and, wow, and that, that was a long conversation about the the session that Gracie and I did.
1: Well, it, it, because I'm kind of overlapping into into it. the sessions with mm. with um, sport yes. that that floated. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that, that there's one great thing coming out right towards the end of 2023. Um uh Florence was asked to comment on BBC News about the the forecast that women's sport, women's team sport will yeah. generate over a billion dollars revenue yeah. in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um and that's been an event that's been around for some time. Yeah. And you can see that the from the, the participation of women in sport is, is it just creates more opportunity for everybody. It creates yes. more opportunity for children to be engaging in sport, which is mm. great for health. Yeah. It gets more opportunity for entertainment and fun yeah. because if you can't afford to go and see um, mm. a particular game or if you don't follow a particular team or if you just don't like being in a stadium full of screaming adolescent uh, uh, men who, <laughs> who basically <laughs> seem to want to kill each other in, in the name of sport, you can actually go to the, to the same stadium now with a similar-sized crowd of people and support people who aren't trying to kill each other. You can sit where you like, you can get on with people around you and you can be entertained by amazing football or rugby yeah. or whatever it is yeah. that's that's going on. Um, so I, I was delighted to hear what Flo had to say.
0: I was so um, thrilled, yeah.
1: Um, and that the final bit of news is that Flo has just been um, given a program along with um, 30 uh, other people in sport similar to her all yeah. about the evolution of the future of sport so they get lots of support and training for the next year and mm. become ambassadors of, of the way are in saying? which we're improving uh, a difference in sport and making it a more collective more more engaged yeah. more inclusive um, environment. Yeah.
0: And you know really congratulations to Flo because that 30 under 30 program is not not an easy program to get on, and
1: um, it's, it's not. It's going um, to do some where great she'll work there. Where's find the time to do it between full time job <laughs> and a full and, and time play rugby career? I don't know, but uh, I'm sure she will. She'll,
0: she will she'll manage
1: it somehow. Yeah.
0: It'll be amazing.
1: I, I think that then what we've touched on just gives us so much positive, po- so many positives to look forward to, mm. and um, therefore also influencing the phase 2 of our research which is what we're going to be kicking off in the new year yes we're looking into the new survey on privilege yeah and this one is fundamentally about the positive we we did, we did a lot of diagnostics and we did we got we created a huge amount of original uh, data on the impact of privilege and and where it is and the fact it's there and by do we see it do we see it? Here's here's a fabulous example of privilege in action, right to, to, uh, uh, in in the, in the wrong context. Just around off this year, yeah. where the man, the sixty-four uh, um, the, the year old gentleman working for a particular um, supermarket, was sacked because he used his discount card. Um, to pay for groceries for older people or people that couldn't quite afford the groceries that they were trying to buy. So he used his staff discount card. Oh. And, uh, and
0: when the, uh, that particular organisation found out, he was sacked. Oh, no.
1: And has now lost his job at 64. Wow. Wow. Um, and he's now part of the problem that the people, is now as poor as the people he was trying to wow. help out. Now, That's ridiculous. When,
0: I, That's like a few years to retirement, right?
1: Yeah, so wow. you know that for that to happen shows that then there are other people in far more privileged positions who can rip the whole of the country off to the tune of 150 million quid, and then say, "Well, actually, you know, you might misunderstand what we did here." Uh, you know that. So this chap is this chap is probably loosened. A couple of hundred quid from the pockets of a large supermarket, and 150 million pounds straight out of the pockets of the British taxpayer, and nothing happens. They don't get sacked. Mm-hmm. They don't their jobs. They don't lose their roles. So let's see that as a as a closing door on 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 the use on on the stories that rotate around the negativity of privilege, and and now look forward to the survey that we're going into next year. Where we 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 now have significant evidence and information to show how positive it can be when you reverse the impact of privilege inside your organisation. So you take away the ticking time bomb that we we mm. uncovered last year yes. that that's that threatening to that can threaten the reputation of any organisation, and and now is seeing the opportunity to be kind to be straight to be inclusive to be supportive to be Mm. generous and then benefit significantly on top of that by purely getting on with doing the right thing with privilege so our survey going into next year is going to be talking about celebration of getting it right what can happen when you get the things right what can be the benefit and the value so that people are no longer Tackling privilege because it's the right thing to do, yeah. From a, from an from an ethical perspective, but yeah. it's the right thing to do from a commercial perspective too. Of
0: course, beautiful. Wow, Roger, I can't wait to um, share that survey with our listeners and and also at balancing the scales. Um, if anybody wants to join us, it's going to be an amazing event on the twenty first of February in the evening at. The cheese grater, um, our client Aon's kindly sponsoring the venue and the food. And um, and we've got some great speakers. We're going to be fundraising for the Lord Mayor's Appeal and for the earthquake survivors in, um, in the Atlas Mountains, uh, most of whom lost their homes, but now we need to rebuild and capacity build. And so, yeah, it's going to be, it's already going to be an amazing year, isn't it, Roger?
1: Um, I think it's looking, shaping up to be a great year. Yeah,
0: looking forward to it, everybody. Look forward to seeing you in 2024 for a whole new series of podcasts, all looking at what are the benefits and what are the positives of having an organisation that's diverse, inclusive, equitable, and where people can experience they belong. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege, and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and how to get in touch with us. And don't forget to send in your questions. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cammy said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.